Finishing off the uh, last portion of chapter eight. And culmination of human life. This is the last portion of this section, section one. Then we begin section two, practical Vedanta, which basically goes more deeper into the subject. This is like an introduction to the subject. So last few weeks, we've been studying the different textures of our personalities, which is made up of the body, mind, and intellect. The three different grades of our personalities in Sanskrit, Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas, or grade A, B, and C. Sattva is the highest, then Rajas, and the lowest quality is tamas. So these are the three different qualities, temperaments, mental states of the mind, which are called gunas in Sanskrit. Every human is made up of these three qualities in different proportions. And that's why there are so many different kinds of people in the world, different portion, different proportion of these three qualities. So the state of moksha, realization, the goal of human being is to go beyond the three temperaments to the fourth state called trans-sattva. So the last few weeks we've looked at the three different qualities of knowledge. What kind of knowledge do we have? Three qualities of actions and actor. Three different qualities of intellect and steadfastness, determination. And whatever sattvic nature we have, we said, manifest during sattvic time, which is between 4 and 6 a.m., which is most conducive for thinking, studying. Things are much clearer at this time. You have some problem, causing you some issues, think about it at that time of the morning and the answer will be much clearer to you. Because the mind is still sleeping. Rajasic quality manifests between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. So any work that you need to be doing, physical, office work, that's when you do it, between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Any activities. And then finally, tamasic quality between 6 p.m. and 6, 4 a.m. 6 p.m. and 4 a.m. The typo there. Sensual indulgence, drinking, gambling, all those things, all those taboo things can be done then. So one side will say economic crisis as it is means we really must extend transition and the leaders will say someone's mic is on can they turn it off please? Sanjay, thank you. So that's what we've covered so far. Any, is there any clarifications there? Anybody has any clarifications before we take up today's class? Okay, great. Any, you know, in the end, when we have time, you can ask any questions or on Wednesday. So this week we look at the last two qualities, which is happiness, and renunciation. So first of all, happiness. What is happiness? What is happiness? We all want to be happy. What is happiness? Anyone? What is happiness to you? 
Who, who wants to be happy? Content, peace of mind. Content, peace of mind. Shamila's input. Okay, thank you, Shamila. Content, peace of mind. Any other description of happiness? Without agitations, say Sittle. Why do we want to be happy? No one wants to be sad. No one wants to be sad. Really? Yeah, okay. So you want to be happy all the time? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Not, not saying that that's possible. Yeah. But that's why we hunt happiness, or we look for happiness. We look for happiness. Absolutely right. All our actions that we perform, from the minute we get up to the minute we go to bed, there's only one goal. So that we can be happy. We're always seeking happiness. The underlying reason is, I want to be happy. Any action you do, the end goal is that there is some form of happiness at the end of it. That's why you're doing it. You think it will bring you happiness. Does everyone agree? Do we do any actions so we can feel sad at the end? We don't. It's all down to one thing, happiness. And we can say happiness is peace of mind, lack of agitations, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. You know when you're happy, you know when you're sad. You can all relate to it. So let's explore happiness and the different qualities of happiness. Meghna, thank you. Happiness. Sattvic happiness arising from the clarity of intellect is that which feels detestable in the beginning and ends up blissful. The happiness derived from the pursuit of the supreme self within, which entails physical restraint, emotional detachment, and intellectual understanding of spiritual knowledge. These practices demand effort and discipline. The practitioners find them stiff, even painful at times. Hence, the pursuit is said to be detestable in the beginning. However, with continued practice, they become pleasant, enjoyable, and turn wholly blissful in the end. So this is sattvic happiness. Nilam, you're smiling. This happiness comes from having a clear intellect and from, from seeking the self within. Highest form of happiness. No other happiness can compare to the bliss you feel from seeking the self. Involves understanding spiritual knowledge. What does spiritual knowledge teach you? What will spiritual knowledge teach you? Hmm? What will spiritual knowledge teach you? Anyone? We are God. We are God, ultimately. But it teaches the values of life, the goal of life. And then this gives you clarity when you're living. Emotional detachment, you're not affected by your emotions. Physical self-control, I'm gonna explain everything. It needs discipline in the beginning, which takes effort. People don't wanna put in the effort. So sattvic happiness. Physical self-control, discipline. Painful in the beginning, but becomes pleasurable at the end. What does that mean, anyone? Painful in the beginning, pleasurable at the end. Nilam, 
Oh, I, was think, I was thinking about last week and, you know, about trying to wake up early um, to, to study. So, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things that at, at first to change our habits takes effort. But once we start feeling the difference throughout the day, we then have more motivation to carry on and yeah. then it becomes effortless. Absolutely right. Anybody else? Painful in the beginning. Any examples? How about exercise, gym? You go to the gym, it's painful in the beginning, isn't it? Going to the gym. Hard work. Mentally, you need to get yourself psyched up to go, then you're on the machine and you don't want to do any work. It takes time. Then you get into routine, you start seeing the benefit start becoming more fitter. People start saying, oh, you look, look, look a lot fitter. Healthier, endorphins released, makes you feel good. You start enjoying it. Hard in the beginning, but pleasurable later. Healthy eating. Begin, it's difficult in the beginning. Little salt baked instead of fried. I'm totally talking about experience, by the way. Tofu instead of paneer. Yep. <laughs> but you know that it's going to give you more vitality, more energy, longer, healthier life. You then start enjoying it. You wonder how you ate such unhealthy food. So in the beginning, it's difficult. Carol. Difficult in the beginning, but afterwards you get, it becomes pleasurable. As Neelam said, studying during sattvic time, four to six a.m. It's painful in the beginning. It takes a lot of effort. You think, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But as you continue, pursue it, it starts to become pleasurable. You feel good about it. It's difficult to explain the feeling because it is nothing like any pleasure you get when you contact the world. In the end, it becomes completely blissful and heavenly. It becomes the highlight of your day. In fact, the day you miss your morning study, you feel incomplete that day. Can you imagine getting to that state? It's like you left home without brushing your teeth and having a shower. You feel uncomfortable. That's, that's how it becomes. So this sattvic happiness, in fact, this is the only happiness. The other two, rajasic and tamasic, are not happiness at all. But we're going to explore that because we're, we identify more with the other two than this one. Any clarifications there? So, sattvic happiness, clarity of intellect. So you know what's right and wrong. Detestable in the beginning ends up Blissful. Physical restraint, emotional detachment, understanding of spiritual knowledge. So it takes effort, sattvic, sattvic happiness, but the rewards are just as great. Any clarifications? Sattvic happiness. Okay, so we'll now explore Rajasic happiness. Megna. Rajasic happiness is the opposite of the sattvic. It arises from the senses contacting the object. Feels pleasant in the beginning and turns painful towards the end. Sensual pleasure is enjoyable only to start with, but the joy diminishes with continued contact and ends up with pain and sorrow. This is the kind of happiness we're all used to. <laughs> all of us. In the beginning, it's like nectar. In the end, it's like poison. Opposite of sattvic happiness. See, sattvic was difficult in the beginning, but enjoyable at the end. This is the opposite. Nectar in the beginning, poison in the end. 
So digestic happiness arises when sense organs contact sense objects. Does everyone understand that? Sense organs contact sense objects. What are the sense organs? Sense organs? Ravi? Sight, touch, smell. Ears, smell, uh, hearing, and taste. taste. I see a beautiful sight, Taj Mahal, Himalayas, beautiful blue ocean on a warm sunny day, lovely sunset, takes your breath away. So these things give you happiness when you see something beautiful. The ears hear sweet music, Lata Mangeska, Jagjit Singh, Chopin, Rachmaninoff, lovely music. I was listening to this before the class, that's why I know, that's why I put it. <laughs> no smells a lovely rose, nice perfume. Skin touches smooth, something smooth like porcelain, marble. A sense of pleasure. Tongue tastes food. Alfonso mango. Sweet strawberry. They all give you some form of pleasure. So when you contact the world using your sense organs, there arises X amount of pleasure. This is happiness. Can everyone put their mics off, please? There's some sort of interference coming. Thank you. Does everyone understand that? Sense organs contact the world and there arises a form of pleasure. So all the above descriptions of scent contacts gives you pleasure. But let's examine it further, yeah? Imagine you lived in the Himalayas. Every day you wake up to that view. Imagine you listen to the same music every day. It will not give you the same pleasure. What happens is as you keep contacting without any control, what happens? Anyone? Make now. You become neutralized. You become neutralized. The pleasure becomes less and less and less until it becomes zero. There's nothing to look forward to anymore. See, we're not used to this concept, but I'm going to explain to you now in more detail. We're spending more time on logistic happiness because that's what we identify more with. So it's mango season now, isn't it? Bella, mango season? So you have your first mango of the season. Nine months, no mangoes. Alfonso, Gessa, the jumbo one, not the little one, yeah? The jumbo one. If you have the first mango, you thoroughly enjoy it. It's heavenly. It gives you a lot of pleasure. Then you have another one. Still amazing. Then the third one. What happens? Anyone? You start comparing it to the first one. Okay. What else? Comes the norm. Becomes norm. You no longer Just enjoy it. Sorry, Ravi. You no longer enjoy it. It's not the same. The pleasure reduces. Yeah. You're only a third one. The pleasure reduces. Then you have a fourth one. One more. Pleasure even less. Then there's a fifth one. Your partner says, look at this, it's even bigger. It smells better than the first one. You must have this one. And you say, no more. I don't want another one. It's painful even to look at it. Because it doesn't give any pleasure. Why is that? What's happened? Hmm? The fifth mango was better than the first one. Why is it no more giving you pleasure? You've experienced it, so you no longer have that um, 
you know, yearning for it as such. You're, you're as Magna said, you're neutralized to it. The pleasure You become neutralized. The mangoes are the same. You become neutralized to the taste of mango. See, indulge. This is the problem. We indulge. Indulge in the mangoes. You've now lost the pleasure. Is everyone with me? How can you maintain the pleasure of mango? How can you maintain the pleasure? Carol, how do you maintain it? Eat only one a day. One a day, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just don't indulge, right? So limit yourself to, to how much you partake of it. Moderation, regulation, and restraint. Remember those three things. Moderation, regulation, and restraint. You have one mango a day, you maintain the pleasure for the whole mango season. It's with anything in life. The same thing happens, what we do in life. You indulge, you lose the pleasure, anything. If you moderate, you can maintain enjoyment. You can enjoy right through life if you follow those three things. Moderation, regulation, and restraint. Another example. Maybe you guys want someone that you may not like mango, so I'll give you another example. You go to a favorite restaurant. Every month you go to a favorite restaurant. You look forward to it. Anita, every month favorite restaurant. You look forward to it. You enjoy the food, the service. You live happy and content. Sunil says, I'm going to take every week because you enjoy it so much. So you go there every week. You still get some pleasure, but it's not as much as when you go every month. It takes you every day. Will you get the same pleasure? You won't get the same pleasure, will you? Same service. In fact, the food is better. You don't get happiness. You say, please, no more. Let's stay home, have kitchery. Huh? Anita? Kitchery kadi. Ah, that's much better. You neutralize to the food in your favorite restaurant because of indulgence. Identify with that? You with me? Yes. Good. That's why rich people actually, they think, you think they're happy rich people, but they're not. They have everything. They've experienced most things. They have nothing to look forward to. Villa in the Alps, first class travel, best of cars, best of houses, things. They neutralize everything because of this. Alcoholics, for example, get no pleasure from drinking alcohol, but they get displeasure if they don't drink because they're neutralized to alcohol. No pleasure from drinking, neutralized, but displeasure if they don't have it. Even alcohol, you regulate only in the weekend, you enjoy the experience. Okay, you don't like mangoes, you don't like going to restaurants. One more example. You love your partner. Honey, I'm home. She looks forward to seeing you in the evening. You look forward to seeing her have dinner together, spend time together, you get a certain amount of enjoyment from each other's company. Right now during lockdown, you spend 24 hours together. You still get the same amount of pleasure, enjoyment. I don't need you to answer, but it's just an example. So we're all enjoying this rajasic happiness and we don't realize it. So unregulated contact reduces enjoyment. It's the opposite of sattvic happiness. 
pleasurable in the beginning, poison in the end, unless you regulate it. The problem is we all want instant pleasures. This is the problem. Sattvic happiness, you have to work for it. But the pleasure content is far, far superior. Far superior. Any questions on rajasic enjoyment? Is that clear? The examples, yeah? Great. Tamasic happiness. Tamasic happiness springs from ignorance of the Supreme Self, a happiness delusive of the Self from beginning to end, arising from sleep, indolence, or heedlessness. When you are ignorant of a malady, you remain blissfully unaware. It does not agitate you mentally. So also is the pleasure or joy derived from indolence, lethargy, indifference, and heedlessness. That type of negative happiness is tamasic. So tamasic happiness is happiness derived from being ignorant of the self. No spirituality within you. You have no idea of the self. Happiness from being lazy. There's a sense of happiness for some people when they're lazy. Sleeping late, waking up 11 o'clock in the morning every day. They derive some form of happiness from that. Carelessness, I don't care attitude. Whatever will happen, will happen. Can't be bothered to go to work. I'll ring work, tell them I'm sick. Happiness. Happiness arising from ignorance. So he says, when you have an illness that you are unaware of, it doesn't bother you. You, know, you have a tumor, but you don't know that you've got a tumor. You're not bothered, everything's fine. You're not agitated, worried. It's the same as that. You're still happy. So it, when you're enjoying tamasic happiness, you're unaware of any other higher happiness. It's not real happiness at all. See, we said tamasic person is lazy, indolent, uh, careless attitude. So he thinks being like that, there's some form of happiness from that. He doesn't know anything higher. It's not really happiness. Any clarifications? So you have to work out where are you, which, which happiness are you? Are you enjoying? And you know which way to go. So the next quality is renunciation. Tyaga in Sanskrit. Renunciation, does it, what does renunciation mean to any uh, people? Any, any ideas what does renunciation mean? Meghna. Is it when you give up something? Yeah, the meaning of it means giving up. Anything else? Is it when you surrender? Surrender, yeah. Anything else? Renunciation. See, the, when you talk about renunciation, the general conception is giving up everything and retiring. Living in a jungle in the olden days, he's renounced everything and gone. As Meghna said, renunciation means giving up. But actually, when we read the definition here, it's, it's actually the opposite. Renunciation is not giving up, but taking up something, something higher. Yeah, taking up something higher. We'll see what it means. It's not giving up any action, yeah? Now, renunciation is a little bit difficult to uh, understand, yeah? Don't worry too much about it. The, one, the main one that you need to be um, concerned about is the sattvic renunciation, and not the other two. But we're going to cover that now. Ravi. 
renunciation, Jaga. Sattvic renunciation is relinqu relinquishment of attachment and fruit while performing obligations in life. The practice of sattvic renunciation is functioning objectively in the world merely, fulfilling obligatory duties and responsibilities with no preferential attachment to action performed and no expectation of enjoyment of fruit thereof. It is therefore not renunciation of action as such. Ironically, sattvic renunciation is defined as performance of action that ought to be done without appendages burdening it. So what's that, what's our understanding of renunciation, sattvic renunciation? Any ideas? Satish, any ideas? Sattvic renunciation. See, renunciation, when we say, oh, he's renounced, you think he's given up everything and gone to the, gone to an ashram or something. It's actually the opposite. Saying actually it's performing your actions, your duties and your responsibilities. All the things that you ought to do, all the duties you have created. So what are you renouncing then? What are you renouncing? So you're acting, you're doing your duties, but it's renouncing. What is renouncing? What are we renouncing? Really? Expectations. Would it be expectations? Who said that? Anita Ben, yeah. Expectations. The result. Your expectations of the result of action. What else? You're absolutely right. The fruit of action, it's called here. Fruit of action. Whenever you act, there's going to be a result of that action, which is the fruit. You bake a cake, the result is you, you enjoy the cake afterwards. That's the result of your action of baking the cake. Hmm? That's the fruit of your action. So you're absolutely right. What else are you renouncing? Yeah, Deepa. It's the minus, the attachment. Absolutely right. The minus, the attachment to the action. We're going to explain what that means. So you're, so you're renouncing the attachment to the action and the fruit of action. So what you have to drop, renounce, is that anxiety to enjoy the fruit, the result. Craving for the result of the action whilst performing the action. Will I pass my exam? If I put this action in, will I get this? If I, if I do a lottery, will I win the lottery? Craving for the result. No attachment, no expectations. That's how you need to perform the action. So you're renouncing the attachment and the craving for the result. Attachment is what comes from behind. The fruit is the future. Megna. That's what you need to renounce. And just concentrate on your duty. If it's the exam you're studying for, just concentrate on studying. Nothing else. What else it says? Practice of sattvic renunciation is functioning objectively in the world, merely performing your duties. What am I supposed to do in my life? What I ought to do? the best of my ability. So if you're a teacher, you teach. A doctor, you consult. Businessman, you do business. Accountant, you account. So it's not giving up any actions. It's a difficult one to get your head around, so I'm gonna give you a few examples. An actor acts on stage, yeah? He has no attachment to the role he's playing. Let's say the play is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. The actor is Romeo. 
He has no attachment to the role he's playing. He can't stand Juliet in real life, yeah? But on the stage, he performs his love for Juliet. He does his obligatory duty, plays the role. He's not interested in the action or the result. He has no intentions of being with Juliet because he actually doesn't like her at all in real life, but he has to play his role. So how is it that an actor maintains his role on stage without being affected? Anyone? By detaching his feelings. Detaching his feelings, okay, what else? By just doing his part. Just doing not his being, part. Not being emotional. Not being emotional. What else? How an actor plays his role without being affected? Neelam. It's because he knows that he's not the role. Absolutely. So he knows who he is and the role that he's playing and the difference. He is objective. He's able to maintain that objectivity. He knows I'm not really Romeo. Anything happening on the stage, he knows it's not real. Isn't it? He's not bothered what happens when he's acting. He just plays his role. He doesn't love Juliet, he's just acting. So he's not affected by anything. This is objectivity. Do you playing your role in life? Whatever you've decided to do. See, we don't have objectivity, so we are affected by everything. Everything that happens to us in life. One minute we are happy, next minute we are sad. Something good happens, we are happy. Something bad, we are upset. Joy and sorrow, honor and dishonor. He said that to me. You know what she did to me? Hot and cold, profit and loss. Everything affects us. Someone says something bad, we are upset. Someone says something nice, we are happy. So we're constantly affected by whatever happens in the world. We're not objective in our life. We're attached to the action. We're craving for the result. So why is it we are affected by everything? Anyone? Why are we affected? So Romeo uh, isn't affected because he knows he's not Romeo. Yeah. He's really Laurence Olivier playing the part of Romeo. He knows he's not Romeo, he's not affected. Why are we affected by everything? Make, uh, Deepa. Because we're still ignorant of the fact that we are the self, the God. Anybody else? Is it because we are only attached? Help me. Frozen. Unmute. This is a no mute. What are we doing? Mute. We'll just have to wait for Andy to log back in again.
apologies. I lost connection there. Someone pulled a plug on me. Where was I? We've lost our true identity. That's what I was saying. So that the Romeo actually thinks he's, he's really Romeo. So we are all playing this role and we think we're, we are this person. Meghna, you're not Meghna. Ravi, you're not Ravi. Did everyone lose connection there, by the way? Okay. Nilam, you're not really Nilam. Anita, you're not Anita. Sunil. All of you, we all think we're this body, mind and intellect. We're not, we're the self. But we have forgotten this truth. We've now hypnotized ourselves to think that we are this person. We think this body, mind, intellect we have, this personality is a real identity. That's why we are affected by everything. We're all acting in the world, playing this role that we, we have at the moment. See, because before you come across this subject, you had no idea of who you really are. So what we are trying to do is find our true identity in these classes. This is what spiritual teaching teaches us, our true identity. Shilabin, you're not this person who you think you are. You have to find yourself. Everyone has to find themselves. And when you start finding out your true identity, what happens? What happens? Like now. I was going to say you're happier. You're happier. You're less affected by what happens. Eventually, nothing bothers you in the world. Just like nothing bothers Romeo on the stage. Because he knows he's not Romeo. It's thought provoking, isn't it? What does Shakespeare say? All the world is a stage and all the men and women are players. They have the entrances and exits. He wasn't a philosopher, spiritual philosopher, but he said that all the world is a stage, all the men and women are players. They have their entrances and exits. So we come into this world, play our role, we get out. Simple as that. So sattvic renunciation is a person who understands his identity. Therefore, he's not affected by anything in the world. Any clarifications? You have to really think about this one. Everyone's lost for words. This is what spiritual development is, finding out your true identity. So now we find out what rajasic and tamasic renunciation is. It's actually quite difficult to understand rajasic and tamasic renunciation because it's not renunciation at all. But they've got the qualities here written, but it, it is actually not renunciation. So we'll go through it. Rajasic renunciation. Rajastic renunciation is giving up action that is painful out of fear of bodily strain or suffering. In such cases, one would take up the action when the element of pain or fear of suffering is removed. That is no renunciation. 
Consequently, it is deprived of the fruit of true renunciation. So Rajasik is giving up action because it is painful. It's fear of bodily pain, hardship. A person will act if the pain is removed. If the difficulty is gone, then he will act. So you give up something because, because it is difficult. You want to be a doctor, pass rate is 20%. You failed twice already. Yeah. Then you give up your goal to be a doctor. You say, I give it up, it's no big deal. I'm helping the family in, my, in, his, in their business. So you think you've renounced being your goal as a doctor. Why? Because it's painful. You've failed, you've, you've, you've actually not passed the exams twice and now you've given it up. So someone will think you've renounced being a doctor. It's not really renunciation at all. It's not true renunciation. As I said, these two, they, 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 it's not renunciation of anything. You give up things because it's painful. Once the pain is taken away, you'll take it up again. Rajasic renunciation. And the last is tamasic renunciation. Domestic renunciation is relinquishment of one's obligatory duties out of delusion. A human being has to perform two types of duty. One is his regular routine duties as the member of a family, society, nation, etc. The other is occasional, special duty, but in ignorance, he is confused as to his duty and responsibility and discards what ought to be done, that is domestic renunciation. So domestic renunciation is not performing one's obligatory duties out of delusion. He's confused. As we said, a domestic person is living in confusion. There's no clarity of thought. He doesn't even know what his responsibilities are. How, how can he give up anything? Because there's is so ignorant. He doesn't know what is right or wrong. Then he gives up. Human has to perform two types of duties, regular duties, occasional special duties. Regular routine duties, like a member of a family, you have your certain duties, your regular work. Then there are some occasional special duties, helping the community, your neighbors. But Tamasic person, he's in ignorance, he's confused, and he gives it up. In fact, he doesn't even know what renunciation is. So as I said, the Rajasic and Tamasic, you don't even need to worry about that or bother about it. So sattvic renunciation is not giving up anything, only the attachment and the fruit. But action you must perform without craving for the result. This is true renunciation. See, when you act in that way, what happens? We've covered it before. When you act in this way, what happens? You're, you're automatically, you're seeking the higher. So your detachment to what affects you is mm -hmm. reduced. Also, you're performing your duties, as you said. Um, I think this is where I initially found it quite to understand where we were saying you've got to detach yourself, mm -hmm. but you still got to fulfill your duties and ob obligations. So that's right. So what happens? Sattvic renunciation. When you perform action without attachment and the result of the fruit, what happens? Dipal. So you're not affected by the outcome mm -hmm. of your Why? Life. Why are you not affected by the outcome? Because you don't have any expectations. No expectations. Okay. Yeah. What else? Neelam. The work, um, firstly, you take less energy doing the work because you haven't got these mind distractions. So you're more efficient, you're focused, it flows better. 
Mm. Um, you feel more joy doing it, but also if you're doing, say, several service for someone, they experience a better experience rather than you being, oh, you know, I don't want to be here and having all this resistance. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you're doing, if you're not worried about the result, you're not attached to the action you're doing, your mind is a lot freer to actually act, put the right action in. See, it's the, it's the mind that dissipates the energy, worrying, thinking, or oh, will I pass? Will I get the right? Have I put in the right ingredients? Uh, will the result be good? Um, and you're worried about all these things. You're not able to concentrate on the action itself. You're not putting 100% of your focus on the action itself. So how can the result be good? How can the result be perfect or best to your ability if you're not putting your 100% in? Shashi, you understand? You're constantly worried, agitated about what's going to happen. How can you put in the right focus? So detach yourself from everything. Just do what you have to do. Also, another thing is that we're all born with a certain amount of desires, vasnas, as we say, which we are trying to exhaust. When you do action in this way, you're eradicating your desires and you're not creating new desires. So therefore, it is the highest form of action. Dharmesh, understand? See, we have a, this is in the Bhagavad Gita, this is exactly how it's written. You know, Krishna and Arjuna, Arjuna had to perform his action. Okay. He found it difficult. Krishna was his intellect, told him, just do this. Don't worry about nothing else. Your warrior, be the best warrior you can. There's nothing more you can do. If you do that, the result will be there. Don't worry about the result. See, problem is, people think renunciation means leaving everything, going to an ashram for good. A renunciate sannyasi is one who does his obligatory duty, so it's not giving up action. But we believe it's giving up action. We think someone with an orange robe, big beard, is renunciate, sannyasin. It's not. Person who knows the Gita of heart. It's not that. He may have a photographic memory, a very good memory. The fact that he knows the Gita of heart doesn't mean that he's a sannyasi, a renunciate. So a true renunciate is someone who gives up knowing the value of what he's giving up. This is a true You give up what you, you understand what you're giving up. If you give up without knowing the value, it's not true renunciate. It's elegistic and tamasic. Any clarifications? See, these, these topics you really need to read, think about to understand it. It's difficult to catch it in one, in one class. Yeah, you really need to think about it. Absorb it, mull it in your head. And then if it raises any questions, we can, you can, we can ask the questions and do some clarification. As we go further down the book, it will get deeper. Kevin. I just wanted to ask a question on the rajasic renunciation. So when we discussed, we said that rajasic uh, renunciation is giving up an action because of pain, fear, or difficulty. Um, so just let's take a practical example. Let's say, I don't know, someone's writing exams because they want to become a doctor and they keep failing. Like, how do you differentiate between being this being renunci rajasic renunciation or 
not having the ability to actually complete that exam. So how do you distinguish between renunciation and ability, I guess? It's a, the thing is, it, you renounce being a doctor now because, well, the truth is that you don't have the ability. Yeah, but you've taken up something else because you know you can, you're, you're, not, you're not capable of passing that exams. You're not capable of being a doctor. And you say you renounced it. You joined, you've done something else. You're doing something else now. So it's fake renunciating. You don't have the capacity to do it. So you've given it up. It's painful to do it. You've tried twice already. But you're not able to say to yourself, it's not my, it's not my line, you know, maybe I should do something else. But instead you've given it up because it's painful, it's difficult for you. whether it's because you're not good at it or whether it's because you were fearful of not it, passing again so it's the ego isn't it yeah so it's the ego that comes in the way yeah like i said think about it read it think about it it'll be difficult to absorb straight away but remember it's not true enunciation at all any other clarifications Ravi, do you want to read the uh, next topic? Prepare your chart. The above classification of different facets of action and renunciation provides the material for accessing your personality. Take up each one of them, study it carefully, try to match it with your nature, thus comparing each one of them with your nature. You may draw your personality chart and estimate the quality of knowledge you possess, sattvic, rajasvic, or tamasvic, the quality of action you execute, the type of actor you are, etc. All of them examined together present a clear picture of your personality. The areas where sattvic prevails, where rajas flourishes, and where tamas lingers. This should be of considerable help to locate the areas of your strength and weakness and administer corrective measure for the development of your personality. Continue. Human beings fall between zero and 100% development. Zero percent would be like an inert object. 100% would be a self-realized soul. Hence, the entire range of people fall between the two extremities. It becomes rather difficult, if not impossible, to clearly define one's personality. The personality chart would therefore serve as a yardstick to measure your spiritual status and program your evolution. So now you know the various components that makes up our personality, three different grades, qualities. So we can assess ourselves. I mean, you don't have to be too meticulous about this. Just assess generally, draw up a little personality chart. And it's really to show you the areas that you feel you need to develop. It'll be different for different people. Humans, development range is between zero to 100. Zero would be a, like a lifeless object. 100 would be a self-realized person. So it's difficult for us to understand our personality. There's no measurement. So this chart helps us, enables us to have a better understanding of our spiritual status. And then we can plan a program for our development in whichever area you think you need developing. So it's like we do physical health checkup. This is like a mental health checkup. Personality checkup. Our mental condition. 
There's no such thing as how to check your mental state. We're not talking about sanity or insanity here. But your mental state as far as, as a human being is concerned, from a spiritual worldly state, how efficient are you functioning as a human being? Are you working to your potential? How affected you are? How happy you are? How much determination you have? What is your goal? See, and this isn't measured by the amount of money you have or how educated you are. It is a measurement of how good a human being you are. A measurement of your ability to reach your goal of realization. That is what this measurement is. But as you develop, happiness is something that happens automatically. You're less affected by anything in the world. Doesn't matter where we are, what age we are, what job we have, we're all between zero and 100. So we all know the goal now, 100%. See, even if you go in the right direction, that's a start. You're not going downwards, you're going upwards. Even to get to that stage, you need to know how to get there, which way to go. You're not devolving, you're evolving. Any clarifications? So this is from the, from the Gita, it tells you what is the goal of a human being? Who is a human being? What is the role of a human being? What makes a human being tick? How to develop? Everything's explained in the Gita, but we can't understand it. So this is like a breakdown in little nuggets so you can understand it. But in the end, you have to put in the effort. No one can do it, put in the effort for you. The choice is yours. So I'm going to keep it short and simple today because it's quite a lot to take in. And as I said, these topics we really need to read on our own and mull it in our minds, understand it, because they have very deep messages. And, and only we can get that message from our own effort. So anybody has any general questions, we can take them up. We have about 15 minutes. Ravi. I'm sorry, just while we're ending this topic, um, did, at, earlier on, did you have a tool or something that you said you were going to share that will enable yeah. us to complete the chart? Yes, we have, I have this uh, sheet, personality chart, and you can put in the percentages and things in there. Um, I'll forward it to you so you can share it with the group, yeah? Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah, no problem. As I said, don't be too, uh, uh, you know, think about this. It's just a general idea to give you some, you know, some meaning of who you are. I think it gives you time to reflect on yeah. the elements, especially the domestic elements. Yeah. There's no, uh, this isn't, the, you know, in, in the West, there is no such thing as this. Qualities of our inner personality. We just accept who we are. And we think this is how we are, so therefore, that's it. The only physical body we may develop. But our mental textures, we don't know how to develop. We don't know anything about it. So this is what this explains. Even uh, you go to a psychologist, you know, they don't even understand this. Can I have Ravi's uh, number of the group? I don't have his number. Ravi, will you message it here, yeah? Silaban, yeah, I'll, I'll text you and I'll add you to the group. So apologies, I, yeah, I'll, I'll get you added on. Thank you. 
Any other questions? General questions, any topic questions? We're finishing this chapter now. The next, next part of this book sort of begins on a bit of basics, so don't miss uh, the next class because it's got the basic constitution of a human being. It sort of gives you a breakdown again before we go into the depth of it. So Wednesday we'll have a Q&A again. So any, que any questions that arises from today's class or this whole, top, whole chapter, you can ask on Wednesday. Think about it. If anything you don't understand, we can clarify. Remember, actor on stage. This is how we have to play our role. That doesn't mean a blase attitude, yeah? You want to win the Oscar? Yeah, well, act as if you're going to win the Oscar. But then you're doing it for an outcome, not for doing the wrong. It's, a, it's the way you act, the best of your ability, not the outcome. The, out, the Oscar is that you reduce your desires and you're happier. That is the effect of it. <laughs>